Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. It's the things we say. We're back. Yes, we are. Back and better than ever. Yes. I think. Yes. <laughs> no, it's I th- Ohio. I think so. It's raining, but it is sunny. It's, it's Mother's springtime. Day. It's wonderful. Yeah. It was a good it was a good day. It was a good day. I always this isn't a problem at our church because our pastor doesn't preach a specific Mother's Day sermon. Oh yes. But I used to compare <laughs> the Mother's Day sermon to the Father's, Father's Day, day sermon. sermon. Have we talked about, we've talked about this on the podcast. We've I'm not sure to. if we have on the podcast, but go ahead. This, this deserves, in, in honor of Mother's, Mother's Day, this Mother's deserves. Day, it's like, aren't mothers so great? We all love mom. And on Father's Day, it's like, hey, dads, um, we all could do a lot better. Do better. Oh, man. You guys, you, we, we have dads. They're, they're around. They're just not doing quite what they could. They're not mothers. That's basically what it is. Yeah, I I have noticed that um very much. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a sad it's a sad truth. We have developed certain. a theme in our household though for Father's Day. Um, yes. Looking forward to it now that it's becoming a tradition. Okay. On Father's Day, I get sushi. Huh. That's the the family tradition. I tried sushi once. Eh, was it good sushi? I don't know. Because it was sushi, but I, I think it was, what's the, what's the like classic California roll, California roll. Okay. Somebody, somebody took me and was like, Hey, try this California roll. <clears throat> I put the first one in my mouth, you know, the whole thing. Cause that's what you're supposed to do. You're yeah. not supposed to bite it. So I put the whole, and literally it was hitting my gag reflex. There was something about the combination of the seaweed and the, the rice. You should just have rice on the outside. It's not that bad. Well, there was something, but anyway, so I, I choked one down and I thought I'm going to do one more just to make sure. <laughs> and I took one more and I, and I said, I can't, I can't eat this. And he was like, okay. And that was, that was the extent of my sushi experience right there in all and of its quit. glory. And I quit. Uh, I did. I quit. All right. Uh, so what we're going to do today is we're going to move along the fear tournament a little bit. I have, Heard feedback mostly from my wife and from other people that listen to the yes, show. My wife as well. They don't want to hear this drag on forever, forever and ever and ever. Yes. And so, yes, it is rather large. So we're going to do a lightning round. We're going to knock it all out. Not all of it. Yeah. But we're going to knock out a large portion of it today. Yes. If you don't like the fear tournament or don't understand it and would rather not hear about it, just skip to the next episode. That's right. We That's have right. a bunch of episodes Or go listen right to now. an old one. Yeah. yeah, we have over fifty episodes. Yeah. Just pick one and go with it. That's them. right. That's right. So, and basically, I think our problem is, is we we thought that when we were doing this, I think we felt that we needed to take it more seriously than we did. Not because we took it that seriously, but because we because we thought you would expect us to take it seriously, and so we kind of got out of character with it. I'm going to admit, other than it was very I think ranty. We did. So. Yeah. We're we're back in action and back at uh, back at normal. So well, whatever normal is for us. We were trying to take it seriously, I think, and that was wrong. Yes. We're not going to take it seriously at all. When you're putting Russia against sharks, you can't take that seriously. Not at all. But sharks did win. Sharks did win and should have won. The national debt beats serial killers. Yes. The whole idea is, we're not afraid of a whole lot of stuff. No. But a lot of people want us to be afraid of it, and so we're just going to point out the absurdity of that. That's by right. Knocking it That's out right. in a ridiculous tournament that doesn't matter. That's but right. But it's going to be fun. That's right. <clears throat> so, uh, before we get into that, we're going to do the podcast in reverse. <laughs> so I'm going to give you one thing that's off the tournament. The rest of the show is going to be the fear tournament. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fast paced. We're going to give everything like two minutes around. It's going to go very quickly. So and we have a bell. We do have a bell and it it's, it makes a wonderful sound it does that's just a classically wonderful sound there's there's just no no other way to say it it's wonderful yes. and but before we get into that i found out that there i'm i'm always looking for 
something out there that's like everybody believes in this and it's totally not real. I yes. love these kinds of theories. I latch on to them. I, yeah. I find them. I research them. And this one is a lot of fun because it just came up this week in conversation. And I'm like, yeah, I don't believe in the honeybee apocalypse. Yeah. That all the bees are dying. And I'm like, because, yes, you hear of bee colonies that have died. And right. you hear from beekeepers, oh, it's been a little rough. But I haven't seen like farms dying and going out of existence. Right, right. The so-called, you know, catastrophic effects have yes. not been it, seen. It's a little bit, oh, shoot, I'm not going to say it. It's a little bit like global warming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Al Gore had us all burning up by now. Long like, ago, The countdown actually. is long done. Like, yeah. I've, when did it end? 2016? Something like that. That was when the world was supposed to end. When I think he, he his... made the claim in 2000 that in 10 years or nine years... Okay. So it's it's long gone. It's long gone. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, I'm not I'm not saying that you use micro evidence for a macro. <laughs> I, I totally, get what you're totally, saying. Totally. Totally. But with honeybees, here you go. I am holding before me a graph <laughs> of the honeybee producing colonies, uh, honey producing U.S. bee colonies. There you go, in the millions, and. Would you believe that in 1995, we had 2.6 million bee colonies, and in 2017, 2.6 million? <laughs> in between there, at the height of the honeybee apocalypse, when things were as bad as they have ever been, we were dropped all the way down to 2,342,000. <laughs> The main oh, problem man. that was experienced <laughs> is that bees are not native to North America and they are largely managed population. Yeah. They're, we don't think of them as being very domesticated because they can exist in the wild. Right. But most honeybees are a managed population in the same way livestock are. Okay. And so there is a certain portion of bees that are moved to particular crops to help them in their pollination and all of that. So you'll move bees there, they'll do their thing, and then you move them somewhere else. And these these bee whatever bee managers, what do you call them? Bee, bee farmers? Beekeepers? Uh, apiarists, I think. I, there you go. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice vocabulary. <laughs> anyway, so when they move them around, they lose a number of colonies. Yeah. Like that just happens. Just the hazard of but doing it. They were losing a few more than normal, and so what happened was the prices that they were charging went up a lot. Okay. Specifically in almonds. <laughs> so almonds are most sensitive to any drop in the bee population because they need so many bees to get their job done. <laughs> and so the beekeepers were able to charge them a lot more because they had choices about where they were putting their bees. Okay. And they didn't have quite as many as they normally did. Like, it seems like uh, not a big drop, but, in, I mean, that graph is fairly level. So you're basically... It goes, it goes 2005, 2.4 million, 2006, just below 2.4, then 2007, back over 2.4, 2008, 2.342, and then 2009, 2.5. So we're already back up. So what you're basically telling me is the B movie was a lie. It was a big old lie, and um, actually, beekeeper self-reporting overwintering loss, that's where they were saying that they were having their biggest losses, has actually been declining since 2006. Huh. If there was any bee apocalypse, it it's pretty much ended in ended 2006. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's really worried about bee apocalypse now because we have Netflix. You should have been worried about it about 13 years ago. <laughs> When when it was actually a problem. Actually a problem. <laughs> and according to the article I'm reading right now, it says that uh, USDA bee researchers quoted as saying, if there's a top 10 list of what's killing honeybee colonies, I would put pesticides at number 11. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying that there, there could be a problem because they were so highly concentrated in the almond groves for so long. There could be an issue... 
that the bees diet isn't very diverse and that's actually much higher on the list yeah than than uh anything to do with pesticides. He said, actually, farming practices have gotten much, much better. The agricultural industry has gotten better. The pesticides we're using have changed a lot from 30, 40 years ago and are mm-hmm. generally safer products for honeybees. Didn't honeybees are actually not as uh, susceptible to pesticides as what most people are making them out. They're very hardy. Yeah. And, yeah, they, they do didn't a good your, job. Didn't your dad's truck just get swarmed by bees? Was that your dad that, that told me that? It might have been, but he didn't tell me. Somebody was telling me that and literally showed me a picture of their truck. Did your dad own a, like a whitish truck? No. No? Who was that? That was gold. Maybe it was gold and I just didn't see it very well. But literally a, a picture of hundreds of bees swarming all over the outside of the car window. This. Who was that? I think it was. I thought it was your dad. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, but whatever with that. But rarely, this article ends with, but rarely you, find, you, you rarely find that kind of nuanced reporting in the general media, even from among the farm press. The anti-chemical <laughs> meme targeting neonics with the not all that vulnerable honeybee as their symbol remains a powerful fundraising tool for environmental advocacy uh, groups and often linked to the organic industry. Of course it is. That's a whole thing we could go on about the organic industry. I'm not going to, but I got a whole thing about that. I have a vested interest in seeing the organic industry grow because I work for a particular tractor company that wants to sell them tractors. But hipsters like it, so its motivation is clearly pure. Yeah. Yeah. It's for small farms. Gosh. We're going to be doing just fine. From China. Anyway, uh, let's move on. (laughs) Let's move on because that's going to get really ranty for me if we don't. (laughs) So let's just move on. All right. So here we go. That was the podcast. Now we're on to the fear tournament. We're starting in the upper left-hand corner. And what do we got? (laughs) We got global warming and GMOs. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm taking, I'm going to take GMOs first. Okay. We have about two minutes. Okay. So go. No, wait. Crap. Am I arguing for or against? It doesn't matter. We're going to okay. ar- just argue why, why either why we should be okay, afraid here's or the not thing. afraid. It doesn't matter. Here's the matter. thing with GMOs. Everybody's freaked out about GMOs, but the reality of it is, and the whole bee thing is actually a, a example of this. We have been genetically modifying organisms as for Going thousands back to of years. Yeah, thousands of years. Really Did I thousands. talk about this, about pulling up a picture of an old watermelon in a painting? Did we talk about that no, on the podcast? No, totally. Okay, right now on your phone, Google it. Google uh, painting old watermelon. Uh, I'll do it real quick while you go ahead and rant okay. about GMOs. But anyway, the reality of it is that corn, as we know it, the the corn that we any corn that we it would not exist if it weren't for the hybridization and genetic genetic modification. Oh yeah, that's right. Ugh, yeah. And the genetic, watermelon is mostly white yeah, and seeds with a little red. Yeah. And that's what a watermelon was yeah. until we genetically modified it. You would not want to eat that. Yeah. That is unedible. It looks disgusting. It's gross. But, but they, they are not something to be feared at all because we've been doing this forever. We've been doing this forever. Now, the, I, can, I can see that there's an argument for being afraid of genetically modified seeds because if if – all these seeds are coming from the same strain and something wipes out that strain, we're in trouble because yeah. it's connected to everything. That I, I can get behind. And but because the, the pesticide idea that, right, industry right. is putting... But the idea that genetically modifying something is automatically inherently bad or inherently bad for us, the world would, would and I'm being quite literal when I say this, not a figurative literal, would literally starve if we did not have genetically modified organisms or... So there we go. They're not something to be afraid of. No. Global warming. <laughs> um, I will go with global warming on this one. Uh, even though I feel like it is very, very overblown, the reality of it is the planet has turned on the population of the planet at multiple times in the planet's history, whether through asteroid oh, strikes or planet, ice ages, right, is, okay. different things. So, so it is entirely possible that there are things happening with the climate. I don't necessarily buy all the man-made aspects of it. I don't buy the politicization of it because the answer is taxes, which makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I don't get how that solves anything. Exactly. Behavior modification through taxes does never produces exactly what you think it's going to do. And if something's such an emergency, that would not be the thing. It would be how do we send astronauts up to 
blow up the asteroid, so to speak. Like, that would be the thing, is what research do we need to be funding? How do we need to be... And those aren't the questions being asked at all. So I think that I think the global warming as we know it in the media is a complete sham because uh, it's always attached to redistribution of wealth, massive socialism, and straight-up Marxism even. But I do think there is actually some legitimacy to some of the numbers that have been thrown out there about saying, hey, our planet is changing in these ways. The how, the why, those are questions that still need to be answered, but there are some things that are legitimate. If the, if the climate is changing and it is, in fact, a warming turn, which I don't know that we can right. say for sure from everything I've saw, that we can say for sure if it's actually warming or cooling, which is why it's called climate change. Right. We know the climate is doing something different than it has done before, but to what extent, we don't really know. Right. That... If that is happening, I believe it's not something that man can prevent or even should prevent. Like, w if we were in the middle of an ice age for our entire lives, would we want to maintain the ice age because we had adapted to living in a particular ice age? Right. Yes, we would say that this global warming that's happening is really, <laughs> really bad, but it actually leads to life that we have now. I'm not even sure it's totally a bad thing, and it is definitely not within our control. Right. That is our bell. <laughs> Nate's alarm <laughs> is. I our thought bell I turned it off. One. All right. All right. So global there it is. Warming global advances. warming. Global warming advances. All right. All right. What do you got next? We got strings on blinds against cruise ship uh, illness and accident. <laughs> this can be pretty quick. Yeah, I have very small children, so strings on blinds do freak me out a little bit. I will admit that. How many strings on blinds go all the way to the ground? Is that a thing? If you if you pull the blinds all the way down, yes. Like they'll go all the way to the ground. But my thing is is like my son has has blinds right by his bed. Yes. Um and but again, they've never even come close to getting tangled up in something like that or doing anything like that. So yeah, I'm not saying that that this should win. This is a win, huge, but, like, Facebook mom thing. Yeah, it is. It's it totally very, is. It's, it is. It is kind of hysterical. I wonder and how I don't much mean, of And it, I don't say that because it's a Facebook mom no, thing. I'm, I'm saying that like in the... Like hysteria. There's yeah, hysteria, hysteria yeah. attached to it. Yeah. yeah. And I think it has to do with people that want to sell new window dressings. I think that's pretty... Some way. I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, the only thing that I can remotely think of with strings on blinds i remember like back when we were talking about the choking game and all of that yeah some dude had used a string from a blind to yeah. wrap it around his neck and that was a bad idea yeah although there was things to point to that that could have been a suicide too yeah. so i'm not i'm not particularly afraid of them but yeah. i don't have little kids I, and yeah. if i did have little kids i would probably shorten them anyway and keep right. them up higher right um the whole cruise ship thing, I think, is actually a little more valid, though, because you there's there is a a a great deal of uh, what's the word I want to use? Not not necessarily pride, but that's the one I'm thinking of. Arrogance to a cruise ship, because <laughs> you are putting this massive thing out in the middle of one of the most massive things on the planet, in the middle of an ocean, and you're basically daring the ocean to sink you. Now I love cruise ships. I've been on cruises. They're awesome. I they would go on. I would Both go on one tomorrow if somebody just said, oh, "Here, yeah. take this." But I think there is there is more danger than we really want to accept in actually getting on a boat of that size all together collectively as people, like a, a yeah, massive group of people. I don't know that I would board one if I knew there was a massive storm somewhere. I no. just don't think that's nope, going to lead to good things. Nope, wouldn't do it. Yeah. So I think I think cruise ship. You said it was specifically cruise ship born yeah. illness. Cruise ship illness and or accident. Yeah, I think, those I think that's the news. That's way scarier than the blinds. Okay. Way scarier. There you go. Yeah, because, yeah. Let it be, I just wanted to ding the bell. That's great. There was nothing else beyond that. Here that's, we go. Unsupervised kids and sex trafficking, head to head. Oh. Okay, I need you to frame unsupervised kids for me just a little more. Okay, so like the free range kids movement okay, uh, got is, it. is one thing where like people want to raise their kids to be adapted to their environment so they let them have free time alone either in the city or you know going going from place to place on their own. We were just talking about this before we got on. I was thinking back to the number of times I was on my bike for like entire afternoons yeah, or entire totally. days, totally unsupervised in like the early nineties. That was that was how I grew up. Yeah. And it was it was a real thing. And today that's like you're supposed to fear that like people fear anytime they even see a kid walking around unsupervised, it freaks people out. Yeah. Well, Whether or not that's it freaks the thing their too. parents out. Yeah. But that's the thing too is 
I never remember doing anything like that alone. I was always with friend, a friend or friends. Well, like there I was, there were like, friends yeah, we would like, myself. but it was, it was, and it's funny because you think about it as a kid and then you go back. I remember I took my wife back uh, to the places uh, that I grew up as a kid and I would, and I went to this one spot and I was like, oh, I'm going to show you this one place where it was like miles down the road that we were allowed to ride our bikes to, to this big parking lot. This, I go down there. I'm like, it was like four houses down. Like I thought it was so far away and such a big deal. But as an adult, you realize like that's nothing. Like I can stand at the end of my parents, our old driveway, and I can see down there. So I think part of it is our perception of what we were allowed to do as kids is somewhat romanticized. We think of it as more than what it actually was because we had a kid's perspective. So everything was like big yeah. and new and we were doing something exciting. Whereas our parents were like, oh, yeah, that's, that's two houses down. Yep. Okay, you're fine. Go ahead. And they watched us the whole time, and we didn't even know it. You know, we just felt like, you know, biggest deal ever. Um, do you think that's crazy to do today? I really don't, because I don't think I don't think actual hard statistics match up to it. Yeah, I really don't. Again, those things are sensationalized kidnappings and 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 like you said, sex trafficking, all those things, like child trafficking. They're they're so sensationalized, and we hear so much about them that. I, but the numbers don't really bear out when you really get down to when them. You take, when you take out domestic disputes or custody, I mean, the custody disputes out of kidnappings, the numbers go all, almost all the way almost down. Almost all the way down. It, it, yep. So which one are we afraid of more? <sighs> I, I would say sex trafficking uh, mainly because... There's a lot more to it than that. There is, there is a lot more to it, and there's international involvement in a lot of Sex trafficking stuff. it is. But in, in the U.S., it's debatable how big it is disconnected from, like, prostitution. Right. If prostitution were legal, how much sex trafficking would there actually be in the U.S.? That's, that's, that's the actual question because we have put, we've put that industry in a dark box, and we can't control for a number of variables to know who's being trafficked. Right. When, when, when does their will become, yes, I want to be involved in this to, I no longer want to be involved in this to, I can't get out. Right. To me, that's, that's where a lot of this is going on in the U S yes, there are outlying stories totally where people are taken and that kind of thing, but it's not, there's not a large ring of this that operates in the U.S. that just says, you know, that thrives on just grabbing innocent people out on their way home from school. I, If it was, it'd be a lot more than the six or seven cases that you hear. Right. Most of it is because we've put right. a lot of these things in a dark box. Sex trafficking. There we go. Is the winner. All right. I declare. There we go. <laughs> I declare. All right. What do we got? What do we, we got? have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Versus North Korea. Okay, AOC. Uh, North Korea slash nukes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> if they have them. Yeah. <laughs> North Korea is notorious for putting things out there that aren't just are straight up not real. One of my favorite things is to listen to do actual. We, do actual, we believe that North Korea has nukes? I don't believe they do. No, I don't believe they do. <laughs> I believe if they do have them, they're actually more of a danger to themselves. To themselves. I completely. Or South Korea. I completely agree with that. I do think they could point it in the general direction of South Korea. Yes, and, and do get some one damage, off. but then they'd be turned into a slag heap by the rest of the world. The entire place would just be a grease spot. Yeah. But anyway, I go with AOC as scarier. <laughs> and the reason I will go with AOC is because, A, people elected her. And, B, she is in, in a district public. In which no Republican she is in, was going to win. she is in public office. Yeah, I'll go with Nancy Pelosi, who even said you could, you could put a glass of water in her district, meaning Nancy Pelosi's. And if it had a D by it, it would win. So basically, she said the same thing about AOC. But the fact that she got elected, that she takes herself as seriously as she does, and that the party is kowtowing to her, I think she's absolutely terrifying. I don't think she's malicious. I don't think she's an evil person. No. I think she's very naive. I think she's very ill-informed and doesn't have a lot of real experience in the world. But I, I find her terrifying because of the level of ignorance that I, I see from her. Yeah, and I think there are certain things that she says that make sense to people, and yeah. that's why she got elected. There's there's a number of things that make sense to her constituents. And she seems like people, a genuinely decent human people being. People like I'm not... to root for somebody that comes from low circumstances. Yes. That's true. But, but, but I think I think she thinks more highly of herself than she ought, 
And I think that I think that the media and the establishment of her own party are bowing to her, and I don't know why that's terrifying. I also think she's famous partly for the same reason Trump is famous. They In some both ways, say yes. bombastic things yeah. that rile up their base, and yeah. people will defend either way. Totally, to their I totally dad. get that. But so, AOC, there you go. <laughs> We're making she took progress. out North Korean nukes. Easily. Very well done. Easily. Very well done. All right. We have extreme weather up against spanking. Okay. Give me extreme weather. So we're talking like hurricanes, we're talking, tornadoes. Yeah, tornadoes. Tornadoes make the news all the time. You get hurricanes that make the news. You get... Uh, uh, do we have mudslides in here in this one? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, no. That's... That's its own thing. fire muds are down here. Okay. Okay. So we'll go. So th that's, that's, not, this is all from the sky. Yeah. We're talking about okay. extreme weather from the sky. Uh, the other one down here is like the ground yeah. is seizing. Um, I would go with, I would go with extreme weather because my whole thing with spanking is that there's a couple of realities to this is that, yes, it can be done very, very poorly, but most parents who actually take the time to consider what their punishments are going to be for their kids it's not an extreme thing so spanking for me is something that you cannot recommend to people right. because you're going to have the one guy that was beat right. by his parents like actually right. receive beatings right and he's calling that spanking right reactionary spanking even if it is yeah reactionary spanking is i would i would venture to say wrong yeah I just think it's straight up wrong. There yeah. needs to be checks and balances to make that happen. But I think the majority of parents that I have known who, who implement spanking do it in that way. There, there, are, there are outliers, as we've said before. There are yeah. some, like you're saying, as soon as you endorse it. But there's laws it, for that for child abuse. Exactly. Look at, look at Adrian Peterson and the number of people that got exactly. in trouble for it already. If exactly. you're hitting your kid and, and then you're leaving welts, like right. these huge welts and bad marks there's a and problem. all that. Yeah, right. you should be figuring something yes. else out, dude. Yes, but weather, I think, is is absolutely terrifying. It can it can affect anybody at any moment, and there's n literally nothing we can do about it. Nothing at all. We have no control whatsoever. I was no. thinking about that one day. Could you imagine, like, if a if a F three F four tornado touched down in Manhattan? Yeah, the wanton destruction that would happen. In just minutes, is it because of the buildings that it doesn't? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I've I've really wanted to do some research into that because I really don't understand why it doesn't hit me. I feel or like, do we just not build I cities like tornadoes, where tornadoes are? Well, they can literally happen anywhere, though. There is no. They can okay, literally true happen story. anywhere. Last week, I saw probably the biggest dust devil I've ever seen in my life. Have you ever seen dust devils? Yeah, the little like the small little tornadoes. Yeah. This one was huge. It was in a gravel parking lot that was really dry. Yeah. And it just formed out of nowhere. It, yeah. Like this place was the size of Lowe's and you couldn't see it. Yeah. And it just like went and just stood up in this parking lot and all everybody was driving on the highway just kind of stopped and looked at it. And, and then as quickly as it came, it was, it was gone. gone. And I'm right. like... Well, that would be horrible to yeah. see that thing coming. And Although I'm a little bit like that dad who's push mowing his lawn with the tornado, yeah, the tornado in the background. Oh, it's That's fine. That's totally me. It's fine. If I'm mowing my yard and I see a tornado coming, I'll be like, well, it's either going to hit me or it's not. If it hits me, who cares? If it doesn't, I'm not not mowing my yard That's right, right now. Extreme weather. Okay. Cell phone radiation versus getting older. Why is everybody freaked out about 5G? Like, I don't understand what this is. We have to fear everything new. It's, I know. It it's goes, unbelievable. It goes back to Y2K. We had to fear oh. because we got to fear that somehow these computers are going to eat us. Yeah. Like, they're going to rise up and destroy us. And there's something in our technology that's bad. Oh. Because we like it so much, there's always this like slight distrust that yeah. it's somehow killing us. When I, I, saw some, I saw a meme about it where... Somebody was saying, oh, 5G is completely safe. But then they showed somebody that was up in like a, a hazmat suit hooking it up. I'm like, yeah, who's going to be up there two inches away from a thing like that? Like, that's why they put them up high. And that's why they get them above our heads. And that's why we're down here on the ground. Like, uh, I, I just, I don't understand everybody being terrified of it. That just blows my mind. What was the other, what was this competing with? Uh, this is competing with uh, getting older. Let's go with getting older just because I find the cell phone radiation thing stupid. Okay. Uh, do you put much stock in the people that always keep their cell phone in their back pocket because the 
having the cell phone too close to your you-know-what as a dude is problematic. I keep it in my back pocket because who would want to carry a cell phone in their front pocket? I carry it in front pocket all the time. I, I don't know if I think less I've of you or no more of you for that. making babies. That's right. I, it's you not got, frying anything. You got, you got all you wanted, and now you're good. <laughs> but I'd, no, actually, I, I'd actually probably yeah, not like I, to have any more babies. So. I just don't I, I don't. I don't get it. These have been around for a while now. And, yeah. and they were worse earlier, and they're better now in every respect, in terms of safe, in terms of... So, no, I, I think that's just kind of a, we need something to be afraid of. So, whatever it was Before competing with, older. yeah, getting older. Yeah, everybody's a little afraid of getting older. It's the unknown. It's, and we never get older. I think everybody's always afraid they're just going to be older one day. They're just going <laughs> to wake up, and they're going to be old all of a <laughs> sudden. It's fear. like... You know, I haven't felt a lot. I mean, my body feels different, but I haven't felt a lot different since I was 17 years old. I've just kind of been in the same headspace, whatever. Like, I feel like myself in, in that who I am as a person kind of congealed for the most part. <laughs> I've gotten some extra bits and pieces along the way, but, but that is, yeah. So, yeah, getting old wins that. Number seven. Whoever, I'm, like, I'm liking this. this whoever fun. runs schools up against anyone criticizing LGBTQ. We're supposed to be very afraid of anyone who criticizes any part of like lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, yeah, like all of that. If they start criticizing it, and and a good, a good uh, thing about that, I can, I'm going to look it up real quick. And whoever runs schools is just basically you're supposed to fear what the government is teaching your kids, or what these Christian schools are teaching your kids, or yeah. homeschoolers are turning out weird. You know, yeah. you're supposed to fear whoever's in charge of the school. Somebody has problems just with so whoever's every, in charge. Just of so the everyone school. knows, usually homeschoolers are starting out weird, and that's why they end up weird. <laughs> I'm just saying, as a homeschooler who interacted with many other homeschoolers, this is not exclusively the case, but Quite often, they homeschool because they're weird, not because they and want to become weird. A weird kid gets put in public school and finds a social atmosphere. It's hard for them. It is hard. It's hard for them. Eventually, they find they their, find their, their, their guys. find their stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in homeschool, you just yeah. get increasingly divergent from the actual social atmosphere for and reality. See, and that was not the case in my homeschooling experience. We were very socially and, you know, we were very involved. We had a lot of friends. We did a lot of things. That was never an issue. Um, so, so for instance, uh, the people who criticize LGBTQ, Ray Blanchard is a guy who served on the gender dysphoria working group and chaired the paraphilia working group for DSMV. He is a world expert in the field. Twitter has just suspended his account for a thread setting out his findings from a lifetime of research. <laughs> You cannot even be a guy who spent his entire life researching this yeah. and trying to say what you found. Right. Like Because the facts don't matter. It, like it's when all he's, the feels. He's trying to and so I understand that we need to be sensitive yeah. to people and, and the whole there's a lot of things yeah. wrapped up in this. I, I don't want to get like we don't need to fear crazy bigots yeah. that want to kill people. That's a problem, or even want to beat people up or make society less less accepting of people. Yeah. But uh, we also cannot be just destroying people over fear right. that are actual scientists or people just speaking words. That's, right. That's another thing. It's, like, it's, yeah, it's too much of a moving target and is, is too convenient when it needs to be used or wants to be used. So I would go with whoever runs our schools because there's a lot, there's a lot behind that when you really start thinking about it and what is being taught to our kids and the fact that that is shaping the next generation. I think that's worth more of, more of our attention than, than that, because we're going to be, we're going to be force fed that and, all day. And the way, the way it's said is like anyone criticizing yeah. it. So yeah. it, there's, any movement needs to have sound criticism to it so Absolutely. that you can sharpen your argument and so you can understand what your position is and why. Right. So just to take anybody out that criticizes it is not something that you need to lead a lot of fear to. What right. you would rather do is support your argument better and right. continue to move on. Right. And if let they're the, so let wrong, the good, take them down, you know, in argument yeah. and in debate. Let people say things and the good things will stick and the bad things will fall apart. Yeah. Exactly. So schools. Yeah. Schools. There you go. All right. Number eight. 
1% crony capitalists versus Illuminati Freemasons. <laughs> Aren't they the same thing? <laughs> Somebody once asked me, do the Freemasons have money because they're Freemasons, or do you have to have money to be a Freemason? Oh, my word. I'm, I'm unsure because I've never... I just don't want to do the Masons, so let's go to capitalists. Crony right. capitalists, we give it to the them. 1%. The 1%. The 1%! <laughs> For those of you who don't know, just go find that. <laughs> You'll find it. Don't worry. Don't worry. All right. Anyway, moving on. What we got? What we got? I want to uh, get through this whole column. We're like jetting here. I'm defunding it. anything versus Arctic ice melt. The minute you defund oh. anything, it's very bad. We must be afraid of you because you're saying we're not going to, we're no longer going to fund Planned Parenthood. Bye. Yeah. You know what? It's actually immoral to make everyone in America, regardless of their religious affiliation or anything, fund an abortion provider. That is immoral. The government should not be funding it. It will stand or fall on its own. Yeah. And it seems like there's plenty of support for it, so right. fund it. Right. You can even fund it at the state level. I'm not actually that offended by the state level because people can vote more directly right. on that. But from the federal side, it... Right. It can't be voted on as directly. And I'm, I believe that type of thing is immoral. And the fact that when you go to defund anything, so Rand Paul has the penny plan, right? He's yeah. saying, you know, if we fund every single item that was in last year's budget at 99%, so you get exactly the same budget, the military, you get the same budget, you're just one penny off of every dollar yeah. for. The next budget year, we're going to fund you to 99% across the board. Do that for five years, you pay off the national debt. Right, right. How have we not done this? Right. And the minute he puts it forward, he gets shouted down because it built into government is this thing called baseline budgeting. Mm -hmm. And baseline budgeting is amazing because they just say every year, each budget grows 6 to 7%. And that's built in. And any cuts... Anything will be considered a cut if it's a growth below that rate. So if right. I say I'm only going to grow this department at a 3% growth instead of 6 or 7 you've just given us a 4% cut. No, I've given you 3% more money than you had Which last year. Which is not year. how anything in the real world works exactly. at all. If my boss Which gave is why me a everyone wants raise, government subsidies. If, if my boss gave me a 4% raise and I expected a 7% raise... I don't walk into his office and throw books because, <laughs> hey, man, you gave me a 3% pay cut. <laughs> I didn't cut your pay at all, dude. So we're going to go with Arctic ice melt? Okay, the thing about Arctic ice melt, and I wanted to bring this up, <laughs> Arctic ice melt and, Ant and Antarctic ice melt are always opposite. The the opposite. Other. Yeah. So when one is shrinking, the other one is growing, and one is growing, the other one's shrinking. Yeah. And... Most people will be able to find that if you look at it, but there's always icebergs melting somewhere. You just have to get the cameras there to see it. So Arctic ice melt is, yes, a very big deal for the Arctic, but in the Antarctic, there's a lot of stuff freezing that wasn't freezing before. So, so okay, I'm going to make this argument then. The defunding one needs to go on the list, needs to continue on the list, okay. only because the lack of it is scary. <laughs> and there's some respect to where full defunding of things can also be scary, if not okay. done properly. All right. So we'll go with that. Defunding. Cancer versus big pharma. How do these get on the same one? Oh, see, these are so tangled together, though, by, for so many people, though. So many people So link... which is scarier, the cancer or the big pharmaceuticals? I'm going to make my argument here. Go for it. We have come a long way in medical science, and we've begun to be able to treat things that were once death sentences. Yes. If you got a particular type of cancer, it was a death sentence. Yeah. And you were like, the best we could do is take care of you until you die. Yeah. And there are some, like, uh, one of my friends was relating to me. He and this, like, When he went to get a vasectomy, he asked the doctor, I got to know, doc. Why are you in this field? <laughs> and he's like, well, to be honest, I don't have to give people bad news a lot of the time. Mm. Because if in the worst case scenario, there is cancer, it's the most treatable form of cancer. Yeah. And they're usually not going to die. There's not going to be any problems with them. I'm not 
delivering a, uh, any sort of bad news. And yeah. he's like, that's why I'm in this field. I don't deliver bad news ever. I just do surgeries, take care of things, and everybody's happy. Yeah. And I'm like, what a great argument. And also, <laughs> what a testament to science that, that, you know, prostate cancer is incredibly treatable. Yeah. And, and that type of thing. So um, for me, I'm going to advance cancer over big pharma simply because, yes, while... I disagree with a lot of the patent laws that make things the way they are yeah. in the medical industry. And there has been abuses, most notably with like EpiPens and things yeah. like that. Some of this is the problem of having a, a quasi-capitalist system. And I say that because if it was truly capitalist, we wouldn't have the price right. spikes that we've seen. Right with having some government involvement right. and not to mention the corruption of the FDA and how all that's a mess, which is, F is part FDA of that. And, and intertwined with like all these government regulations on, yeah. on the pharma industry gives us big pharma. Yeah. But along the way, the free market and him interacting and it has led to cancer not being a death sentence, but I am, I would like to advance cancer because yes. it is I'm scary. with you. Let us agree. There we go. Texting and driving versus beauty product chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Raise a hands out there in podcast world. How many of you have texted and driven within the last week? Uh, <laughs> I actually don't text and drive. Ever. I will I will sometimes Voice text and drive. I will sometimes read text messages and drive, or I will I'll like I'll voxer and drive or do something like that. Like but I don't. I, I've, ever since I had sh had children, I don't. Yeah. Like I just I won't. Even I when I'm it. alone, I just won't do it. Um, no, I'm I'm far worse at like I'm gonna pick some music, so I'm looking at my phone too much doing that. And you know what? That was a problem years ago too, with yeah. just your analog radios right, and trying right. to get the radio in. Yeah. The closest I ever was to a left of center accident happened with my entire family in the car on a mountain road in Pennsylvania with a guardrail right here and a steep drop. And a lady came around the corner completely in our lane. Yeah. To this day, I don't know how we missed each other. Yeah. And she was looking down, adjusting her radio. This was before yeah. cell phones or anything. So yes, that can be really, really scary. Beauty product chemicals have been around for a long, long time. Long time. You know it's not natural what some of you are doing. Yeah. I mean, it's already not, if you really think about it. You're painting your face, period. You're completely painting your face like a canvas. I understand that you want to be as careful as possible with all of this, but some of what every what you guys are doing, like, you know, and you got to know that if it's going to stay right. on there well, like... Right. Here's the thing, Just too. Just painting with acrylic every, paint on your face is not a great idea. Every Everybody is talking about how their thing is pure, how their thing is, is you know, directly sourced, you know, yeah. farmed. But the I problem, unfollow you, all of you, yeah. on Instagram if I see it. So don't the problem even start. Is, the problem is, is that you cannot, you cannot produce what you're claiming to produce with the limited amount of farming space that you are using. Like to to produce products on the level you're talking about, you, that cannot be directly farmed to, like organic. We do it ourselves. Like it just it's not possible. It's not physically possible. <laughs> and every uh, every great one is talking about how the other their competitor is totally lying about all these. And I think they're telling the truth. They're just saying that they're not doing it too, even though they are doing it too. So I I think that whole thing is mostly to sell products, texting and driving. Yes, mostly because I'm afraid of other people doing it. You know what? I've been convicted about texting and driving. In this moment, while we've been doing this? Yes. <laughs> I text and drive all the time. I just I just I, don't I used to when I'm I had good at it though. When I when I before I had a smartphone, before I had a touch screen, I right. would do it because I could feel the numbers and I didn't necessarily even have to look. Oh, I, I have could, a swipe key now. I don't I don't look most yeah, of the time. I don't, the I don't swipe do, is I don't, pretty good. No, I don't have that. But Voxer has has is a thing. Yeah. For sure. That's yeah. what I, I use a lot. Yep. And there will be times like I'm not going to send whole books. I will send okay or got yeah, it or right. something or like thumbs that. Thumbs up or whatever. Yeah, I'm not uh, it's mostly quick response or something, yeah. but I'm not composing an entire email or right. anything. But I do probably need to get better. 
In yeah. five years, my kids will be driving. Yes. And you tell them more by what you do. Than... That's just not a regret I want to have Oof, in no. any respect. That's just not a regret I want to have. So, oh, dear. Yeah. Why is this on the list? I don't even want to do this one. Earthquake, fire, flood, and mud. That's like all your oh, yeah. natural disasters again, but ground-related versus white supremacists. <laughs> we gave the stats earlier on the KKK and yeah. how in infinitesimally small they are yes what how what was the number it was less than forty thousand. no it was i think it was less than that less than like four thousand i was way too high it was 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 real small i'm here's here's my thing though i get where you're going with this but let me let me it is a big problem in prisons but but let me make this let me let me contest this way is when you do have a, a legitimate case of white supremacy the chances that 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 white supremacist will actually be violent is very very high that's true. And all it takes is one. So, I mean, you, I was just listening to uh, Nikki Haley talking about uh, the South Carolina shooting at, uh, at, uh, that, at the church, uh, historically Charleston. black church in Charleston. Yeah. And how this was just one guy he kills multiple people who he sat with them for an hour, interacted with them for an hour, and was able to do this. And, and, and so my thing is, is the whole thing with like mudslides, fires, all that, like, you know where you are. I mean, first of all, you were all in California. Like, all of those things are pretty much California. <laughs> Earthquake, fires, fire, and mudslides. And mud. Yeah, yeah. For, no, for the mudslides. Mu- yeah. That's one thing, like, dudes, you know where that house is. Yeah. And, th- and that's my thing. We know, and we're just kind of, not to, not to set a pun, but we're playing with fire, literally. I mean, you look at, like, the, the wildfires that took place in California. You know, I knew people, knew of people who were very affected by that, but... The reason that's happening is because you have all these conservationists who are saying, no, you can't trim back such and such hedges and do whatever, encroach on this. And then it's like, well, okay, wildfire is going to eventually come through and everything's going to burn because the forest, that's the natural the process. turns over eventually, yeah. and that's part of the natural yeah. process. Of- and so, so in that, when those, with those kind of disasters, I'm like, we know where we live. Like, we all know. Like, I know yeah. that there's always the possibility that we could have another flood here like we did back in, what was it, 67. You know, but but a white supremacist is kind of a free radical. You don't know what they're going to be, um, so I would go with that. Advancing, we only got a couple more here. Trump make versus the- hot cars. What's a hot car? A hot car, like you can't leave your dogs in a hot car. You can't leave your kids oh. in a hot car. It's very very scary. Hot cars are very scary. Yes. You know who doesn't have a hot car problem? Who? Tesla. <laughs> they have dog mode. Nice. Where the Tesla will sit there and it runs the AC and it displays a big thing on the screen. Dog mode. The interior temperature of this car is 69 degrees. And there sits the dog with the windows all the way up. He's fine. The temperature is fine. Please don't break the windows of the Tesla to go free the dog. It's yeah. in dog mode. That is that is the problem that technology is solving. Yeah. However, I've heard horrific stories yeah. about hot cars. Yeah, somebody taking a kid and they were supposed yeah. to drop them off at daycare, but it's also not their normal job. Some, like, and they daytime forget. vigilantes going oh, yeah. around and smashing, smashing windows. windows. Mm. <laughs> because that's somebody their car. That's one of my favorite left their bits. dog in there, and the other window yeah. is cracked a little bit. You that's, don't walk around. That's one, one of my favorite side. bits from the office. Is when they all get indignant because somebody's locked their dog in, in a car and they don't know, oh, how hot is it going to get, whatever. And so Oscar, in all of his normal self-righteousness, comes and just smashes it with a tire iron. And then they realize, okay, what are we going to do with this dog now? And so they literally they literally leave a little space. They put some water in there for the dog and they, and they duct tape cardboard up over the window <laughs> that they just smashed to keep the dog inside. So they end up going right back to what they did, but they just feel better about it. So, you know, um, uh, here, here's my thing with Trump. Okay. Here's my thing with Trump, regardless of where you stand on the man, everything that is being put forward about why he is scary is all very subjective as opposed to literal and not totally provable and not always provable. Right. So you want to talk about dog whistling to white supremacists or to, or to the alt right or to the radicals. You, you talk about, you know, certain rhetorical things and, and all, okay, like fine. I get that. The rhetoric, whatever. I, I, to, I totally hear you on that. I can get behind and you the on way some he of talks that. about his opponents. Yeah. But I, I can totally hear Trump. you. I can, he, yeah. he made fun of the entire but, Republican field. What is field. actually happening? Yeah. What is actually happening versus what 
we're being told to panic about. They are not equal. I got plenty of arguments and, and problems that you could go at me with Trump, and I would agree with you. Um, but but the hysteria is just ridiculous. And and I'm, and I'm the guy that sat in my parents' kitchen and told them why we cannot support Trump for anything. And like this dude is not totally stable. He's gonna have the nuclear codes. Yeah. Like this is not a good idea. He doesn't know what he's doing. We can't afford to do this. We need somebody that understands what's going on in here. And it hasn't been that bad. No. Like, and, as and, far and as, what I will say is, like, is, as far as like on the ground, what what huge war has he gotten us into? He moved the consulate to Jerusalem instead of Tel Aviv without like a major fuss. Right. He's like tensions between us and North Korea have gone down. Right. And it doesn't seem like North Korea is as threatening as they were before. They aren't listed in the axis of evil as Bush put it, you know? Right. And I don't know as far as the world condition, if there was really a madman in the white house, Who's who are we fighting yeah. in our big old and that's, world war? And that's been the thing that's been the most interesting to me about Trump is Trump is a man who's trying I, to bring people home. Yeah. Trump and the a, hawks are keeping yeah. soldiers overseas. Trump is a man who I think, even though rhetoric in, in terms of his rhetoric, he is he is very pompous and very arrogant. But I think he actually has a very good handle on what he doesn't actually know. I think, and I think that's evident in the way that he's surrounded himself with people, both in business and in politics. Yeah, now. he's never going to admit to you that he doesn't know something, no. or that he didn't like somebody in office or whatever. Yeah. He's just which, gonna... which has been borne out by actually the Mueller report because you're hearing him say, "Oh, he told so and so to do this thing, and they refused to do it." It's like, yeah, that's their job is to say, "Hey, Mr. President, you can't do that. That's illegal or that's obstruction." And him going, oh, "Okay, fine." <laughs> like I can see the conversation with the man. I mean, it's just so. Yeah, I think that's just been so overblown. And and I do think I do think that the hot car is actually Until much more scary. Shows me something that he did that's super super scary. That yeah, I'm I'm not. And stop bringing up Charlottesville for crying out loud. <laughs> stop bringing that up. That was a crazy Look guy. Look up the actual. Drove, but drove listen to me. Ohio. Listen to me, people. Listen to me right now. This is very important. <laughs> oh no! Stop listening to the media constantly telling you that he said Nazis and white supremacists were good people. Go listen to what the man actually said. It's out there all over the internet. Stop being sheep. Go listen to what he said. Disagree with it all you want, but stop quoting Seth Meyers and Jimmy Kimmel. And and actually go and listen to what somebody says. It makes you look stupid or makes you actually stupid to not do so. He condemned all <gasps> forms of violence in that speech yes. and all of it. Like, yes. And when yes. he says both sides, yeah. There was anyway. a whole thing. But anyway, yeah. please, just do that in general with any politician, whether you love them, whether you hate them. Listen to what they say. Don't listen to what the media tells you they said. That is intellectual laziness. Stop it. Okay, we're back to kids with no bike helmet. <laughs> oh, we're supposed to fear any kid riding a bike without a bike helmet. I never wore a bike helmet. <laughs> I never did. Never either. wore. Even when I was learning to ride a bike, I don't think I rode a bike helmet um, or a bike helmet. And semi-auto firearms is what it's up against. Oh, we're supposed gosh. to be really afraid of semi-auto firearms. Kids without bike helmets are scarier than semi-auto <laughs> firearms. You and I both know this to be true. Okay, why? Okay, we're afraid of semi-auto firearms because they can get off more shots faster than any other gun. We're afraid of semi-auto firearms because people are talking about them that don't know what they are, and people are listening and panicking because they also don't know what they are. A semi-automatic firearm is a firearm where you pull the trigger and you get one bullet to come out the barrel. Boom. That's it. It is not a machine gun. It is not something from a Chuck Norris wet dream. It's not a <laughs> weapon of war. No. A weapon of war is automatic fire. Select, well, and technically, any gun has been a weapon of war. A musket was a weapon of war. <laughs> a rock was a weapon of war at one point in a time. A bow and arrow yes. is a weapon so, of war. So you can't do the weapon of war narrative <laughs> just because it looks like something. That's like saying, a I don't know, name some crappy engine car that looks like a sports car but doesn't actually have a powerful engine. And I can't even think of anything at the moment. Uh, you had those four-cylinder Mustangs. Yeah. So, like, saying the four-cylinder Mustang is or equal... Or six-cylinder. Six-cylinder Mustangs. Or were they six-cylinder Camaros were really yeah. crappy. But, but say you're looking at those and saying those are exactly the same as a NASCAR stock car. 
Yeah. They are not the same at all. Yeah. Not the same at all in their capabilities. I could beat a six-cylinder Mustang with my six-cylinder Cavalier yeah. because I was faster, because yeah. I was lighter. Yes. But anyway, yes, I'm not even, I'm not even going to dignify that. By by saying that we should no, we're not we're not putting semi-automatics. If you want to forward. disagree with Nate, we can do a whole podcast on guns that yes. you won't want to listen to. And we will There's inform that. you. Because <laughs> dang it, we are we are the ones. We are the people who know. We have them, we use them, we bought them. We could I can tell you so many things that are wrong that politicians say because they literally only hold a gun to hold it up in front of the cameras and say what's wrong with it, and then they never touch it again. Ugh. Only their bodyguards have them. Yes, only their bodyguards. <laughs> right, right. That just needed a bell ring, straight up. So no bike helmet advances. Plastic straw, plastic and straws. So like, how bad plastic and straws are for <laughs> our environment, and safety recalls. Uh, those oh, are those safety two. Safety recalls. Yes, yeah, safety recalls. So the thing with straws. I think goes back to a fifth grader who made up the stats completely on their own for a project they were doing, and it was reported so far and so wide that it was picked up by major publications, and it was never once an actual fact of the number of straws that Americans use in a year. It yeah. was, it was something like four thousand straws or something that yeah. Americans use in a year, and it's not even close. Yeah. Here's my question. Would it not be easier with plastic and straws to find who is putting them in the ocean? <laughs> I have never once deposited a straw anywhere else other than a trash receptacle. Yes. I don't throw my plastic in rivers. Right. I don't throw it in a waterway. Right. I don't I haven't thrown any plastic in the ocean yet. I am made to feel fearful <laughs> and bad whenever I see a sea turtle or anything <laughs> like that because of my straws and my plastic. You know what? <laughs> the Caribbean island nations are some of the worst at this. True. Putting things on barges, taking it out out of their shore and just tip over it goes. Oh, wait, it doesn't all sink to the bottom? Weird. <laughs> Let's <laughs> figure that out later. Oh, uh, man. And I'm not saying that it's just them, but there are a lot of nations, and I don't know of a private company that could get away with it. At least not, not, a, not, not in the an West. American not one. in the West, yeah. yeah. Or even European. If you, you were a private company that got caught, like you were supposed to dispose of trash, and you disposed of it improperly. I just don't I don't understand why we're just not shooting this crap into space. Well, space junk is a problem. No, but I mean like shoot it into space and then let it re-enter and just burn up in the atmosphere. That's a lot of effort to shoot all that stuff into space. But I'm saying if we it takes a lot of we, if we fuel. can't if we can't burn You're it. Definitely not worried if about we can't, global warming. If we can't burn it and we can't bury it, hey, let's just send it into the sun. Let's just send it out on barges and That's just not put it a on real a, solution. Seriously, just set it on a collision course with the sun and just let it go. Just let it go. You need so much rocket fuel to get it to the sun. No, not necessarily. Solar flare or solar uh, solar wings and all that crap. What do they call solar sails? Is what I'm looking for. Yeah, oh boy. I'm just getting into the sci-fi of it. Why not? Safety recalls. I think are we sa scared of those? I think safety recalls are a little scary in the sense that. They're I not feel a, like we bankrupted an entire airbag industry yeah. over, I don't know. I don't find airbags all that necessary. <laughs> I feel like an airbag might, might do more harm than good in the wrong circumstance. True, like true. You have something that's coming out like a shotgun blast yeah. right in your face with and hot I have experienced chemicals. An air, I have experienced an airbag. Yeah. You do not know what happened. And when you open your eyes, you still don't know what happened because there's just a hanky hanging out of your... Just let my head bounce off the steering wheel. <laughs> I'm good with that. My seatbelt should keep my head from hitting the steering wheel. Why do I need like a flame pillow in my face? <laughs> I'm not pro airbag at all, but good grief. We bankrupted a whole industry over safety recalls. And the fact that, that your car seats have expiration dates bothers the crap out of me. I know. It's plastic and metal. I know. I have guns that are plastic and metal. They don't go bad. <laughs> oh, I'm with you. <clears throat> so what are know. we picking on that one? I don't even know. I don't know. What which were is, they again? Which is supposed to be scarier, plastic and straws or safety recalls? Like, they both get reported as dreadfully scary things. Jeez. Can we just eliminate both of those? No. I know, because then we'll mess up the bracket. 
Uh, I'd say let's put safety recalls forward. Let's do it. It'll lose to whichever of these we get to. That's here. right. That's right. Unvaccinated kids versus mass shootings. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Unvaccinated kids are causing mass death across America. So many people are dying of the measles. Wait, no. People are not actually dying of the measles. They're getting the measles. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with mass shootings. Yeah, mass shootings are downright terrifying. They terrify um, me because they always happen in gun-free zones, which is also a place that I can't carry a gun in if I go into. I yeah. literally am conscious of that every time I go into a place that tells me I cannot carry a firearm, is that I literally think to myself, if something happens in here, I am defenseless. If somebody brings a gun in here, who in this building's got my back? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and and that is a very real thing. So I, I'm going to go with that. That should be the thing that yeah. advances. Um, yeah, unvaccinated kids, there's a number of reasons why kids would not be vaccinated. It could be something that has to do with a religious thing. That's not very common. Some actual medical, medical reasons medical why they can't. conditions yeah. is a very real problem. Yeah, that Audio, kids, autoimmune issues yeah. and different things. And then there's the issue of a lot of kids that are not vaccinated because they did not come in in a documented fashion, and we yeah. don't know whether or not they're uh, vaccinated or not. And yes. large majority of them are not if they're coming from war-torn or uh, <clears throat> bad economic situations and they're coming to America. We don't always know how we're getting unvaccinated yes. kids. So uh, let's put mass shootings forward. Yes. Um, yes, there we go. That's whole one side of... Our thing. So you think we want to call that call that a wrap for this? Yeah, we can. I mean, we have a few more on this side. <laughs> robots versus plane crashes. <laughs> the the only reason I want to fear robots, <laughs> we can get to it if you want. But the reason I fear robots is because they were so prevalent in Super Bowl commercials this year. Mm. I was really bothered by that. It's like every other Super Bowl commercial had a robot in it. I'm like. Well, and Super Bowl Super something? Bowl commercials aren't funny anymore. I know, but the whole, it was like the whole, creepy. The whole social ju social justice movement has ruined Super Bowl commercials. They're oh, just not funny. Dumb because Budweiser now, Clydesdales. Yeah, I hate because them. Because there's only one situation of that where I've actually seen the the one that they did right after 9-11 and it only ran like once. That was really pretty cool. Yeah, because it was the season uh, 2002 Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that one was pretty cool. But anyway... Um, Anyway, that's just something on the other yeah. side that I saw. Robots and plane crashes. We can do that one right now, and then we'll okay. be done. Robots and plane crashes. Plane crashes are kind of crazy. Yes. Um, I do think about it every time I fly. Yes. And I, I fly more often now than I used to. Um, but I do think about it. I mean, you are kind of putting your life in the hands of somebody else. Um, I, don't, I don't fear AI in the way... Joe Rogan fears AI and some yeah. other people that I've heard talking uh, fear AI and they're worried about like human AI hybrids and yeah. how far AI bleeds over right. into our human experience. I This might be something that our next generation wrestles with in a way that our generation does not. Yeah, I've actually just been having this conversation with Ross. I know I'm referencing him a lot here, but we talk a lot now. Thank it's you. Okay. Thank you, Voxer. But we actually talked about this because he he did something about AI uh, on his podcast. The Singularity and, Saints. Yes, yeah. the Singularity Saints. Yes, and uh, and he talked about we talked about like I don't really think that humanity is ever going to be able to find that that thing that makes AI autonomous. I just don't think they're they're going to be able to simulate it. Yeah. But I don't think they're ever going to be able to create a self aware, sentient, true sentient being. I think that's beyond the scope of humanity to actually find, because we don't even, we don't even understand biologically what makes us do that. Like we haven't figured that out in humanity yet. And yeah. if we haven't figured that out in ourselves, we're definitely not going to figure out how to do that in an Although, artificial being. I will say that one of the things that being created in the image of God gives to humankind is that creative gene, basically we get that from God. We totally. are. We have the ability to create. 
Right. We do create entire it's an art aspect forms, of the image of entire God, worlds. Without a doubt. Like we do amazing things with our creative ability. Yeah. I do think that we can get to a place where we create something of our own creation that may become like an idol to us, something that yeah. we will look at and admire and say, look what we've created. Totally. And that could bode poorly for us totally. as totally. as mankind. Like I don't see it that far out of the realm of possibility, especially with how far we've come as far as the internet being able to gather so much data and then pull it down so quickly. Yeah. Like IBM's Watson or whatever. Yeah. Like the the ability of that thing to be able to have it's gonna know more than like a million people put together. Yeah. Because it is, but that's all it can do. It can't walk. It can't. It can't interact. Yeah. Like so, you're so talking it's about so limiting yeah, too many it's, technologies. Yeah, it's so limited in its scope. You can make something like that great at one thing and far superior computer processing power in terms of what you're talking about, in terms of reaching out and grabbing a piece of knowledge and throwing it in front of us, like we do every day with Google. That's way beyond human capacity. Yeah, but the human brain is still a ma- much more massive. Uh, computer than what that computer is. It's the just, reason, it can put all of its power to do that one thing. The reason I would advance robots over plane crashes is because plane crashes are so incredibly rare. Yeah, I would actually go, as I would as, go with robots. As, as far well. as the risk of travel, like forms of travel, aircraft travel is still very, very safe compared to car travel, compared to bike travel. Totally. Uh, definitely, motorcycles is the one that you ought to be afraid oh, of, yeah. and that's not even on the list. No. But people voluntarily get on those all the time. Right. I have one. Right. It's just like, but but for me, what people will do to get to that robot yes. thing is what scares me. I agree. I think we're enamored by it in a weird, weird way. Yeah. So I'm going to advance robots. I'm, I'm with you on that. All right. I'm with that's you That's our on last that. one. All right. Well, guys, I think we're going to call it a wrap on this one. This was fun. I enjoyed this. Hopefully, uh, this wasn't a drudgery for you guys. It was much more fast-paced, and we kind of kept moving. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll get through these much more quickly now, and, uh, yeah, we'll keep rolling. <laughs> All right. But uh, do we have any action steps? There's no real, like... Um, look us up on Instagram. I'm going to try and post this yes. to Instagram, take a picture of it. Um, it's at TTWS Podcast. Same thing on Twitter. And then um, if you're on Facebook, it's at the Things We Say podcast because Facebook made me take the long yeah. one. Yeah. And you can email us at, uh, it's just the Things We Say at mail.com. And share our social media sites with people. We're going to start posting more content here now, I think. Oh, I think we haven't talked about that, but we need okay. to. We need to. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get some advice from a couple of people on that, and when we're gonna we're gonna start doing that a Mostly little more. Mostly our wives are great at yeah. Instagram. There's whatnot. two of us. We should be able to post at least once a week. Okay. But anyway, uh, so yeah, guys, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The things we say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.